Hi, best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we will be covering Hunting Adeline by H.D. Carlton. It is a lot. <laughs> it is so much. You wouldn't believe it unless you like read. we told everyone to read the trigger warnings and I did not heed our own advice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, was like, I'm going to get this wonderful advice for other people's mental well-being and then not follow it. And then I did it. I was still going to read it regardless, but like, whoo, didn't yeah. know what to expect going into it. Well, it is, in all seriousness, like, it is a very intense book. And if you um, feel like it's not for you, then please do not read it. Don't read it. It's It'll because be okay. <laughs> it's truly horrifying. It's a horror book. Like, it is not, it's not chill. It is so dark and so scary. Literally, there's not like a ha- like even the happy moments are twisty and weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's truly it's a horror. It's just a dark romance. Yeah, <laughs> hunting Adeline, the final installment to the cat and mouse duet, the diamond. Death walks alongside me, but the reaper is no match for me. I'm trapped in a world full of monsters dressed as men and those who aren't as they seem. They won't keep me forever. I no longer recognize the person I've become, and I'm fighting to find my way back to the beast who hunts me in the night. They call me a diamond, but they've only created an angel of death. The hunter. I was born a predator, with ruthlessness ingrained in my bones. When what's mine is stolen from me in the night, like a diamond hidden within a fortress, I find that I can no longer contain the beast. Blood will paint the ground as I tear apart this world to find her and bring her back where she belongs. No one will escape my wrath, especially not those who have betrayed me. Um, That was, like, really intense. It was intense. <laughs> I will I'm paint scared. the ground with the blood of my enemies. <laughs> yeah, wow. And he, like, did. And, and he did. And he would do it again. <laughs> so this was certainly not my favorite book I've ever read. <laughs> I did I did think it was very well written. H.D. Carlton is a very good at her craft and yes. she is a very good author, a very good writer, but she just writes some crazy ass shit. I gave this a 5.95 out of 10. I could not round it up to a 6 just and I the, really was feeling 0.05. Oh, <laughs> I was feeling very generous with the 5.95. I was scared the whole time I was reading this book. I have never been more relieved to get to a second part of a book than I was in this one. Like, part two rolled around. I was like, thank God. Like, what have I just read? What have I put myself through? It was just a lot. (laughs) I cried a lot in this book. Oh, yeah. And because there are also like, not only is there a bunch of scary stuff, but it's like, it's super emotionally upsetting things. It's very emotionally draining to read. Like, by the time I finished this book, I was like, I'm glad it's over. Yeah, definitely. And I agree, my rating is not as high as normal. Um, Again, it has nothing to do with the actual technique, writing or like craft of H.G. Carlton. But um, the story itself is just not my personal cup of tea. Like, okay, and I'll talk a little bit more about this. But so the story itself, pretty good. And like, um, as far as like her um, plot devices and building. And I do love horror. Like, I love horror movies. I love horror TV shows. But for me, when I'm reading horror... It is so much more intense. It is so much scarier to me. And it's because I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm kind of putting myself in in the story more. Whereas when you're watching a movie, it's like you're clearly the observer. You're clearly in the audience. And so like for me, I just, I don't like reading horror as much as I like watching it. And so that's why my rating is only a 6.5 out of 10. Well, and, like, I do like reading horror is the mm-hmm. thing. Like, I really do. But I, well, I'm not even horror. I can't even, like, describe it. Like, I like I do like romances. reading thrillers a little more. Yeah. yeah. Like romances, too. But, like, I've read books that have, like, rape in it before. But this was, like, mm-hmm. 
brutal. Yeah, because it was truly like pulling back the curtains on trafficking. And it was horrifying. Yeah, disgustingly like brutal. Yes. Yes. And it was like, not only is it like sex trafficking, but like hunting human beings. Like specifically hunting with crossbows humans which we like we read a book about this I don't know if you remember it in like freshman year in Kyla Ward's class where they hunted people yes Um, like rich people paid to go hunt yes island and that's like that's based on true things like yes it's real it's real horror that's Um, like a rich people thing yes and like truly horrifying like that happens there's like not to have like I feel like we're always going on our little conspiracy theory tangents but there's like conspiracy theories that that happened on Jeffrey Epstein's island. yeah exactly and so it's like who's to fucking say like why why wouldn't it have happened if they're doing everything else that they were clearly doing like why yeah not? it's like these people are richer than God they're probably bored like yeah I can probably fucking hunt somebody I can afford it well I can't relate to that um assertion however I do um I do think there are a lot of things that I would do that would surprise me if the circumstances were right like if I was really desperate or if I was like really like manipulated I think that I could easily fall victim to things that I might say oh I would definitely never do that I I don't think I'm yeah. any any better than anyone else. I think yeah. I could easily fall victim. To I do think I'm better than the rich old white men in this book who are hunting people. Oh, yes. Without a right doubt now. in my mind. <laughs> As of right now, like who I am at this moment in time, yes, 100%. But like, do I think that there's some alternate universe in which I could have been a complete piece of shit if the circumstances had been right? Sure. I do. I do think that timeline exists and I hate that version of me and I hope she gets punched in the face yeah you know I hope she's not doing well (laughs) Um, so let's talk about the characters so there were a lot of new characters that were introduced there were a few recurring characters um and it's very interesting to see how they all kind of tied together and like played a role with each other some of them you hate from the beginning and you hate in the end some of them like you slowly are like oh my gosh like how did i start like enjoying like the scenes with this character and so the duality of man yeah like that's always what makes a good book is that when you have depth to your characters oh definitely yeah so right. starting with adeline because she's you know She's She's, the diamond. She's going through it in this book. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ. I would never recover. I'm sorry. I would simply pass away. I would not have survived this situation. No. I don't have the grit. (laughs) Or the will to live, quite frankly. Yeah, no. Like, honestly, it's like, I probably would have been that one girl who, like, shoots an old dude. And she's like, I'm going to die anyway. Might as well do something cool. I'm like, yeah, that yeah. would probably be me. Yeah, I would just take someone out while I'm at it. And hope yeah, for, for sure. Um, I do love that she used, like, humor to kind of cope with it. I was just yeah. like, God, that's really dark. But it was really funny. But it's, like, relatable. Because, you know, we would be doing the same thing. Like, trauma um, truly does, for, like, form a good sense of humor. You cannot be funny and not have some sort of trauma. I'm sorry about no, it. you can't something it happened to you, you. <laughs> um so part one Adeline like a lot happened but also not a lot happened because she's basically just like fighting for her life yeah um trying <laughs> to doing her best okay yeah so like she basically is just in this house this entire time um you know kind of meeting new people she has a madam that is absolutely fucking terrible um she is raped and beaten in the most horrific of ways it is just straight up not having a good time yeah. um like we had talked about she was put in like a human hunting game also that she could be auctioned off which mm-hmm. she never actually was um because this was all just one big mind fuck from claire yeah and so 
basically that's what she's dealing with all part one was just trying to make it through. Yeah. And she was like so strong. And I think one of the cool devices um, that HD Carlson used is that she, Addie finds a hidden journal, uh, like a hidden diary. Yeah, like she, she did parallels. And so it's like, she's um, connecting with this character, Molly, just like she connected with Gigi in the first book and Molly's account, uh, like in both of the diaries, it's like, these are women who have gone through the same experiences as her. So Gigi like had a stalker and fell in love with her stalker. And then of course, Molly was fucking kidnapped by these and escaped. And yeah, but yeah, Molly escaped. And so Addie was holding on to that hope that she could do the same. And so it's like really what kept her going. I thought that was not well, along with some of the um, support that she ended up receiving from. Yeah. Which was surprising. Rio. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Rio on him because he deserves a good amount of discussion. I yeah. Feel. I had a lot of confliction with part two, Addie, because mm-hmm. obviously she was healing from tremendous trauma. Yes. Um, she had kind of dug deep into herself and like she did have Zayd there to like kind of help her. He didn't go about everything the best way possible but he was there for her mm-hmm. um <laughs> in the way he that there. he knew how to be but like after a few months had passed like she was still just kind of being like a dick to everybody which again i think was just her trying to process and like cope and whatever but like there are times where i was just like girl like you cannot be like that to people like whenever she had like a little mental breakdown like knew it was coming mm-hmm. knew it was going to happen but like she was cruel like she yeah. said some awful things to Zayd. but i do think that's like a legit response that people have yeah and as much as it like pisses you off because it's like okay why would you push away the people that you love the most in this time it's kind of like yeah and yeah exactly like it's just like it's you don't like, understand yeah they have to develop some sort of coping mechanism so sometimes it's like literally defend yourself from everyone like yeah even if they're not there to hurt you and they're there to help you so I, like, I, I agree but that was like realistic in some yeah way. well and like there are so many moments too and like my heart just like broke for her like whenever she asked Zay to like take her to go get tested and like she found out like she what like did have like an std and yeah. like just thought she was like disgusting and everything like that made me so sad for her yeah, the way that she felt like she was in any way like at fault for what had happened to her like is just so upsetting and again like is a real like emotional response that people have when they're victims of things like they feel guilt they feel like dirty they feel like they did something wrong right like no (laughs) you were literally assaulted raped like victimized like none of it's your fault she does turn into a badass though yeah she fucking is like fist fighting people to death yeah (laughs) she's like a a freaking trained weapon yeah she just turns into like a vigilante by the end of this uh duet and we we love love to see it character redemption for Addie. it was great freaking zade Zade. (laughs) i thought part one zade was (laughs) awesome because it was like a a side of him that we've never really seen before you could see like how much he loved Addie and like how much he was willing to like go to like great lengths for her and like he you know created like these new friendships and stuff with like the brotherhood and all this stuff like he's still an asshole but like he was hilarious about it yeah um and like that was so cool to see like he was like almost helpless like yeah, you got and to see like a softer side of him because like in the first book like he always had everything under control like there was never a single second that he didn't have a plan that he wasn't thinking 10 steps ahead and so in this situation he's just like so lost he has no idea where to even begin because he's never been in that situation before um, now part two Zayd is like Zayd. a fucking feral cat that you found in like a back alley like who is this person yeah I got some problems with him oh, I had a bone to pick <laughs> I had a bone to pick with him in the first book though too like he's just I know I felt like he was just like 
worse in this book. I was like, what are you even doing? And like, whenever like, you are Addie... no better than the people who took her. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. And especially whenever Addie was like, I need these certain things. And he was like, kind of pushing her like, to, no. to want, like support in other ways. And like, whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever Addie told him she loved him for the first time, and then again, I was scared. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, you gotta tie me up real quick." I was like, "Are you gonna kill her?" Oh my god! And then, like, she took it back. She takes backseat. Oh my god! Well, and so he just like leaves, and I was like, "There's no way!" Like, he's just so gonna leave. Like, I'm scared. Awkward. I was scared. I was like, no, he's going to turn around and like punch her in the face. Like, I'm almost sure of it. I was like, no, he's going to murder her as soon as she falls asleep. Yeah, no, I was like, she's getting her throat slit. But no, then she like tries to take backseat that. And she's like, (laughs) no, I'm sorry. He's like, I'll show you how sorry you are. I'm like, no, no. no. I literally, I hated everything about that hated that scene and like Addie's like internal monologue like he like ties her to a tree and like freaking like beats her with a stick and I was she's like are you whipping him like why are you just now questioning these things like he's a psychopath he's fucking been like that like why are you surprised honestly you think you're just gonna let that slide so strong like he started off like in the beginning, he was like, I'll like tear apart the world to get her back. He was so supportive at the beginning, but then he just like started pushing her boundaries and like trying to force her to do things she wasn't comfortable with when she wasn't well, ready. And like, I kind of understood like whenever, like after she told him that she loves him and stuff and like, I understood, but like they took like the whole knife king thing to like a different level. Like when he oh, was no. like, I want to like replace all these scars with my own and literally just like opens up every single one of her scars i'm like i don't understand how this is any different than what xavier did when he gave you those in the first place like that Mm -hmm. seems so backwards to me and also that's disgusting (laughs) and like maybe it's just something that i can't comprehend because i've never had anything of that nature happen to me but (laughs) I don't know. It's hard to imagine like inflicting self-harm as some kind of like fuck you to the person who right. you. Like the rose thing on her chest. Like I understood that because she wanted to like match Zayd and like yeah. feel like what he felt. And so I think that was also like almost supposed to be like a symbolic thing. Mm-hmm. But all the other times like I was just like no I think you're just cruel and you want to like play it off as like yeah. love. I don't know. I don't know. They definitely have like the most toxic fucking relationship. It is I've so toxic. Ever, ever read in a book. Like um, it was so back and forth. And like he was never back and forth. It was always on Addie. Yeah. Which again, she was going through a lot. So I get it. But also, <laughs> it's like this is no different than what you literally just got back from. Yeah. The only difference is like, I guess, like consent. Obviously, that's a huge component. Like, kind I'm not- of. But yeah, again, kind of, because Zayd has never really been one to like explicitly get consent. So yeah, well, he I even don't know. says that too. He was like, Well, I've always been one to push your boundaries, and she's got me fucked up if you think I'm gonna stop now. And it's like she literally was kidnapped and tortured and raped. And like you're gonna say that? And then at the end he's just like, But now we're getting married. It's like, okay. Yeah, which, I mean, he's literally said from the beginning of the first book, and it has always kind of grossed me out. I was also really confused, because you know in the first book, like, she asks him what his last name was, and he's like, our last name is Meadows. But then she asks him, like, again in this book. (laughs) She forgot. I was like, did you forget his last name? That's embarrassing. Good lord. That is embarrassing, girl. You're married to him. Didn't you know? (laughs) Like, I feel like you're well past that. Yeah, damn. <laughs> Are you going to ask his middle name, too, while you're at it? Maybe it's like birthday. Andrew. Um. Andrew. Yeah, it's something real nerdy. <laughs> like, Fade Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> That's canon. Daya. Daya can do no wrong. I um, feel like Daya was so overlooked in this book. Yeah, like, they're like, Daya you're fine. Was- 
also kidnapped and also tortured and raped and like it was all about Addie and it's like no like Daya was <laughs> literally like a lure to like get you kidnapped as well like she probably feels pretty bad about it yeah Daya's like I'm okay I'm fine uh no Daya literally deserves the world and she did not get it unfortunately because Addie is kind of a selfish bitch it was the freaking Addie show um but that's okay I mean because she's not real is the only reason it's okay but it's not okay if it were real life no justice for Daya justice for Daya and then freaking Jay okay our little bestie if I loved him in the first book I loved him even more in the second book oh my god like he showed how much loyalty and strength he actually has and like what he's willing to do for the people that he loves. And I was just like, he is just a king. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like Zayt's having a mental breakdown. No worries. I'll help you like chain him to this bed. Yeah. Like, oh, you need me to blow up this building? Yeah, I can do that for you, babe. Like, don't he's even like, worry about it. Yeah. And then like, he sends Addie a like a bouquet of flowers I know I was like you're just so sweet and I really think that what we need is some kind of spinoff where Daya and Jay find love with each other yes I really thought that was going to happen and it never did (laughs) it's that's also canon also the fact that like he is like taking care of his little brother like while also like helping run this entire organization because his parents were like fucking drug addicts like oh, no he is really just mrs mom doing it all um so probably honestly the most interesting character <laughs> in this in this entire book is Sibby uh, or sybil yeah. <laughs> she was the comedic relief in this book um she you remember her from the first one she is the creepy doll that was stabbing child predators at the satan's affair uh-huh. a real queen And so in this book, she has broken out of the psych ward after killing her therapist because I don't know why. I think the henchman told her. I don't know. Yeah, her therapist clearly had demons. (laughs) Anyway, she escapes and then Zane finds her and he's like, well, I guess you'll have to come live with us. (laughs) You're coming home with me. You're coming home with me. And so she does. And her fucking henchmen that don't exist she's actually in a reverse harem romance with all of them which was not disclosed in that first book well i mean i feel like she didn't really have the time to disclose it in the first book because they were just like murdering and then she had and like as funny as it is it's also very sad because she obviously like has trauma created these henchmen to like protect her and it's just like oh man like that is really depressing to think about background about sibby if you read the novella satan's affair you'd learn that she grew up in like an abusive cult and like like, had to escape by all the children there are like siblings yeah it's like again based on real life horror (laughs) because that should exist I do think it's really cool that, like, she can, like, kind of sense people's auras through smell. Obviously, she's a psychopath, but, like, uh-huh. I do I do <laughs> firmly believe that she can do that. Yeah, and it's it's accurate every time. <laughs> um, also, like, I'm very interested to know where she goes at the end Same. of this book. Um, I want more. I don't remember what that guy's name was who is, like, taking care of Addie's mom. But all of a sudden, like, she's like how the hell are you doing like haven't seen you in forever and then she's just gone yeah and runs off with this man and i haven't read satan's affair so i don't know if like in satan's affair he is like a character from her past and then you're supposed to clearly know that or something like maybe maybe that's kind of oh maybe yeah that was like supposed to be like some like freaking like brain explosion but Addie like said he looked familiar Maybe it's because they're actually siblings. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, I do kind of wonder how Addie would fit in with them, but I, I feel like there's a good chance Sibby knows the guy, like, from her past. But yeah. I just yeah, thought it was weird because Addie was like, there's something very familiar about him, but I don't know what. I'm like, huh. You don't think he had anything to do with the society, do you? 
Oh, I don't know. He's like secretly pretending to be a good guy. Also, like while we're talking about Sibby, though, I have to say one of my favorite scenes in the entire book is when she like breaks into the like the (laughs) office and like is stealing files. And she's just like casually like, if I just walk with confidence, like it'll be fine. And And it was. It was. She's hilarious. Oh my god, I can't. I can't. And like every time they'd start like getting it on, like oh at the god, fucking like no. dinner table. I was like, girl. And people would literally just leave the room because they're like, there's <laughs> no getting through to her right now. Like <laughs> this and is like it's just with herself. <laughs> yep. In in That's front amazing. of everyone. Amazing. Love that for her. Hate uh, that for everyone who would hate that for every single person involved that wasn't part of her group. Yeah, now we'll get Bro. into like the other like side characters from pretty much like all part one, part of part two. Um, so Francesca was the name of the the madam is that the feminine version of pimp. Yeah. <laughs> the madam is. um at the fucking nasty ass whorehouse that yeah living in a trap house girls into yeah so it was so bizarre because she like gave special treatment to Addie um and like another thing is like at first she gave special treatment to Sydney because yeah. like Sydney had been there forever too like but they it's weren't... because Sydney knew that she and Rocco were right. selling girls on the side that's right okay I did I did kind of forget about that <laughs> thanks for refreshing my memory yes. on that so yeah then Sydney gets extremely jealous of Addie of course because she had been receiving all the special treatment now Addie is and so Sydney is straight up fucking violent I mean so is Francesca um uh yeah the stiletto uh yeah we honestly we'll talk about it in a minute but I can't get over it yeah she haunts my nightmares uh, well, yeah, no. So I really, I don't understand. I really don't get it. I Like, I'm wondering if it's because, like, Claire told her to, like, kind of fuck with her and, like, make her think, like, maybe like, on her side. I don't Just know. add a little bit of psychological torture to the mix. Yeah. Because, like, there's no other reason why she would, like. Like, I get why they were kind of trying to minimize, like, physical damage to her because it was, like, you don't want to damage the goods. But any sort of like emotional like manipulation I guess it was just like a little bit confusing because she could have easily just treated her like shit like all the other girls yeah and Addie would not have questioned it (laughs) Rio is probably the character that I was like most conflicted about throughout this book so obviously he starts off being like just this huge dick he's the one who you know, got Addie into the car wreck that got her kidnapped. And like, he is when he took her to Dr. Garrison, which we'll talk about in a minute, starts helping her because he was ordered to, but then just like continues to help her and like care for her wounds and like tell her stories and all this stuff. And like slowly starts becoming almost like her friend. And he would mm-hmm. never say that he's her friend, but he definitely was by the end of it. Yeah. And like, you know, helps her escape and all this stuff. And so, Obviously, like, you hate him. And, like, even Addie hates him. Right. But, like, when you find out the reason he was doing all of this was because his little sister was also kidnapped and, like, they're kind of using that against him. Like, you do feel kind of bad for him. Right. Because it's, like, what, truly what choice does he have? Right. Because for him, the option is have them harm his sister or or continue <laughs> to harm these other women that he's not, like emotionally attached to in any way shape or form and so when he forms that bond with Adia I think it's it shows such like the power of empathy yeah because even Addie is able to understand where he's coming from like she's literally his victim and she's like I understand like but he's, he's also a victim it. yeah and so she's like we're gonna break this cycle we're gonna help each other like you're gonna get me out I'm gonna save your sister and they're like okay let's fucking go team so at the end of the, of the end of the book the very last page actually is a note from Rio to Addie basically being like why did you do that like why did you not have Zayn 
kill me like you said you were going to because we don't know where Rio is like he is dropped off the face of the earth and that's like the last communication he ever had with her and so I think he almost like wanted to die yeah because of the guilt like the extreme guilt he was living with like he would never be the one to like inflict it on himself and like honestly I hope that he recovers from that one day but it's like he does deserve to feel guilty. He does deserve the guilt. Because <laughs> he helped kidnap a lot of women. Again, that just shows like how people under the right circumstances will do fucked up shit. I think that anyone could be in that situation. Not necessarily this specific situation. Yeah. But like you could be in a situation where you're being threatened to do something unethical and you would do it. Like I I really think that anyone is capable of that. So it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. So then we have Sydney. So Sydney (laughs) is the other girl, one of the other girls who has been kidnapped and taken to this house. But she actually, like, likes it there to the point where she's willing to, like, sabotage other girls and herself to continue staying there. Which means her life before this must have been just, like, absolute hell. I don't know. Or maybe she's just, like, a sadist and, like... She likes no, it. I just I think know. her life has probably always been very bleak. Yeah. She, like, just loves that she actually gets attention. People, like, it's true. Like, if you don't get a lot of attention in general, like, even negative attention is, like, a reward. Better than nothing. In your brain. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that probably is how she feels. It's like, yeah, at least they want me. It's like, no, they don't want you, though, is the thing. Yeah, clearly. Like, fucking Francesca is over your shit. I also don't feel bad for her, though. She is the freaking worst. No, because, like, there's so many things wrong with her. Like, not only is she a total, complete, horrible person, but, I don't know, she just acts like a freaking eight-year-old, and it's, like, creepy and weird, and I hate it. She was like, they wanted me to be crazy, so I just started acting crazy. And it's like, okay, so, like, you know what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. Like, you could you could just be chill. You can stop at any time. Yeah, yeah Addie was way, way nicer than I probably would have been in that situation. <laughs> I love that scene, though, where they're, like, getting dolled up, which is gross, but they're, like, putting on makeup and shit to look nice for the disgusting men who plan to try to purchase them. But, um... Sydney, I don't remember exactly what she does, but she like crosses a line and really pisses Addie off. And like Addie puts her in her. Oh, she starts talking about Zade. That's right. And Addie was like, punches her into a table. It's really fun. And I'm like, what? I didn't see anything. That's crazy. And she deserved to die. Yeah. Sure. Then we have Xavier, who's just freaking skeezy as heck. Oh my God. Um, he basically wanted to be Zayd, like, so bad. Like, he wanted to be to Addie what Zayd was to her. To the point where, like, he was almost creating, like, a bastardization of the games that, like, Zayd and Addie would play. He's the reason why, like, she had all those cuts and stuff on her because he had, like, a freaking blood kink or something, I guess. Ugh, um, yeah. But the worst... The worst thing about him was that he also, like, genuinely, truly wanted her to, like, care about him. pleasure from, like, every session together. Yeah. And, like, that is truly, like, what broke Addie. She had kind of, like, ex- not accepted, but she had, like, taken a little bit of the power back in the situation by being, like, well. Like, you can fuck can me, but I'm not going to, gonna, like. Yeah, she's like, they can do this to me, but, like, there's one thing that they can't do, and that's, like... Make me enjoy it. It was so, so, so scary and horrifying. Just the entire first part. I was, yeah, like, physically ill. (laughs) Truly. My tum-tum hurt when I read this book. Oh, and then there's Claire. Okay, I would just like to say that I freaking called it in the first book that she was the lady who was, like the ringleader of this whole operation yeah and I had to like play it so cool you were like I bet like Claire's in on it and she's like get like getting all these girls for the society and I was like she is the society and that's (laughs) what I got wrong which I mean honestly is pretty unexpected for her to have that big of a role in it so my issue with Claire because if you think back to the first book 
she looks like a meek little lady. And I get that that's like part of her camouflage or whatever, but also she's like built up to be like this powerful, clever, like evil genius. And like, she's not. And no, she's stupid. We only see her at the end and she immediately is like outsmarted basically and defeated. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's like you've been running this whole operation for like so long. Like Zay, like Z couldn't even figure it out. Like they had no freaking clue where you were. And then you like you're just gonna show up. Yeah. Because one of your dumbass like co-creators was like, Yeah, you better get here. Let him know. I knew it was a trap, and it's like, you still came unprepared. <laughs> yeah. She must have, like, felt so comfortable in her, like, her power. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's up with that bunk-ass plan, though. She was like, oh my just, God. just think of it. Like, you can create technology that just brainwashes people, and then we, we can have world peace. And it's like, are you cracked in the head like okay i'm gonna trust you woman who's literally selling women into sex slavery and she's like we wouldn't even have to do that like you don't have have to do that now she's like oh man it's so hard for me to put bread on the table um unless i literally sell women like i can't just like get in she's like at the snap of my fingers i can just make every sex ring go right go away it's like then do it yeah you could do that now honey (laughs) She's like, I need that leverage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then she just dies. Like, puts up zero fight, just dies. Yeah, she's so stupid. I don't know. Maybe if, like, she was masterminding behind this, like, the whole time and, like, we got to see her more often and, like, kind of see more of her schemes and stuff, like, it would tie in better. But, no, they literally introduced her at the beginning. She had one interaction with Addie. It wasn't even, like, bad. And then she just shows back up again at the end to die. Like, that's the worst villain ever. (laughs) I think, yeah, I guess then we do have at least one complaint then for H.D. Carlton, and that's write your villains better. Yeah, like, give me a better villain. Like, your freaking henchmen were terrifying. Like, the people at the, like... They were bigger villains than she was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Francesca was truly terrifying. (laughs) I do love the way that they all died, though. Like, Francesca, Rocco, oh, yeah. and Xavier. Um, Poetic. It was beautiful. Yeah. Perfection. So, so what are some other things that we love? Yeah, so some stuff that we <laughs> loved about it. My absolute favorite part of this book was Zayd's interaction with the Brotherhood of the Basilisk. Mm-hmm. Those guys were freaking cool. Yeah. And I hate that we only got to see them in part one and, like, we never saw them again because how dare you introduce such cool side characters and give me absolutely nothing about them. Dude, you know what's so funny, though, is, like, Zayd just, like, shows up at, like, their fucking grandma's house. And they're I'm like, like, who is this lady? What the fuck are you doing threatening my granny? And That's not even like, their grandma. Oh, it's just some... She's like, it? she's like 50. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that's just some lady that they're, like, friends with. That's some mother figure to them, but I just thought it was hilarious that Zayd's like, listen, I'm not here to hurt her, I'm just here yeah, to... Yeah, and she's like, how do you guys just break my door down like that? Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, she's like, please, it wasn't... Like, this is my friend. <laughs> hey, we were having tea and cookies. We were having a good time. They were awesome. Uh, very interesting folks. I think they're basically doing exactly what Zayd's doing he's doing that in the sex trade and like they are doing that in like the human organ trade i guess (laughs) but yeah how interesting and it's like they're the most oddball group of people too because like zayn walks into their fucking lair that's in like this abandoned bank and you got some dude just sitting on a couch with a woman on a dog leash (laughs) zero context about that he's just like yeah good job man it's like what (laughs) I'm going to need a follow-up series. So we I can need some. someone to explain a little bit more about what's going on. Also, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about quite a few things that we liked, but I think it the like at the end of the book, the safe haven for all the survivors, that was just it. It was like, okay, we made it. And like something good actually came out of this story. Like they actually found like this place where they could support each other. Yeah. And be happy. It was uh, so cute. I cried like when Zayn, because like, 
Addie was like having a, a really hard time still like coping with yeah. everything that happened. And this is like pretty soon after part two starts. Um, and so he's like, yeah, I just, I want to show you something special. Like I want to get you out of the house. And so mm-hmm. I think that was kind of like the turning point in her um, kind of recreating who she is as a person, because she sees that like, you are able to like overcome the past. Yeah. Trauma. And the thing is like, I am not in any way, shape or form implying that what happened to them was like good. That's not what I'm saying. But so many of the victims, their lives before were also horrible and they were victims of abuse before they got into this like horrible situation. And so for this like safe haven to exist for them now, it's like, they have somewhere to go where they have support and love like for once in their life. They've escaped this like horrible, traumatic thing, but now they actually have like a family to take care of them. Unlike what they had before. Yeah. And like, I think it's so cool that they're learning skills. Like everyone there is like actually getting an education. Like they're getting high school diplomas that they never got. Like they're being shown how like life skills, like how to cook, how to take care of a house, like all this stuff. And like, like, not only is he providing them a safe place, but he's, like, really setting them up for success. And, like, they don't yeah. have to stay there. Right. They're learning all these things that they need to be successful on their own if they want. Um, but they can stay there as long as they want. And if they never want to leave, then they don't have to leave. Like, it's just they get to do what they want to do. It's super, super cool. The one, one of the good redeeming things about Zaid. Yeah. <laughs> um, Another thing that was, like, <laughs> cool is she and her mom like their relationship closure because they like fucking hated each other in the first book yeah her mom kind of sucks but she does really like make up for it at the end and like they do have a very sweet moment together and right before sibby meets this stranger man (laughs) I, i did love that for them and that's all Addie really wanted was just for her mom to accept her as she was and i think she finally did what i really like too I first of all, I love that they did like the parallels with the journals, like we talked about earlier. But mm-hmm. I want to know what happened to Molly. Like, I know yeah. she escaped, but like, I was really hoping she was just gonna like reappear at some point in time. Yeah, like, I knew like, she wouldn't. Hopefully, she didn't like die in the woods, but you know, nah, I choose to believe she made it out. I hope she got to be with her little sister. Me too. So sad. Yeah, I think that's the saddest part is like never having that closure from her story because we did become so invested. Yeah. Like, the book. It's um, like that's what literally got Addie through it. But even Addie, I think like at some point she acknowledged whenever she got to the end, like found out she escaped. She felt like that loss of not knowing what actually happened to her. She was yeah. like, I think that did kind of shake her to not know whether or not she was successful. She, like actually made it. Um, so now we'll start the laundry list of things we did not like about this book. Oh yeah, there's um, a few. There's a few. My the first ick that I encountered in this book was Dr. Garrison. Yeah. So Dr. Garrison is the creep ass doctor that they took Addie to. And like I was getting bad vibes to start with, like when he was calling her like sweetie and honey and like petting her hair and shit. And I was just like, no, there's something not right about you, obviously, because he's working with human traffickers (laughs) as a doctor. Like that's probably the first red flag. Like, he was trying to be sweet, and it's like, no, man, there's no way. And then, no, like, just straight up is like, here, I'm going to take you with me somewhere safe. No, he's actually going to take you upstairs, and he's going to murder you and put you in a closet. He was like, I'm just going to keep this one for myself, if y'all don't mind. And then the sex traffickers are like, actually, we do mind. I do mind a Uh, lot. That's that's our victim. You can't have her. (laughs) Hated him. And then also, like... I think this goes without saying, but we hated every single rape scene or sexual assault scene. But specifically for me, the worst one was with the stiletto. And the stiletto. Yeah, the stiletto. And then fucking Xavier, of course, is disgusting and like forcing Addie's body to like physically orgasm. But of course, she was like revolted. 
disgusting. I was revolted. No, that stiletto scene, like, I have never been so shook in my life. Yeah. Because, like, at this point, like, this is the second time this is happening. And, like, the first time, yeah, it was gross and I hated that. And, like, obviously, like, Addie, like, like it was kind of a reality check for her. Like, oh, shit, like, this is real. Mm-hmm. But she was able to kind of, like, shut it out almost. But, like, this one with Francesca, like, that was just vile. Yes. I actually like I think I closed I just set the book down yeah because it was like again watching a horror movie for me like I can handle I can even handle when something is like really scary in a horror movie because it's like oh that's happening um in a scenario where it feels like super fictional but this just felt like so real and I was so upset Uh, oh it was terrible it was just terrible and then, um, oh my god, the freaking... The hunting games, whatever is... What is it called? The... I don't remember what it was called. But basically, it's like they had all of them, like, dress up in, like, running gear and go out into, like, a pitch black forest with booby traps. And, <laughs> like, the goal is to not get caught by these rich old dudes with crossbows and if they don't get caught, then they get to, like, have, like, a fucking dinner and shit. And if they are caught... And not get tortured. Yeah, and if they are caught, they're tortured and then stoned to death. Like, what? Um, I was so sad for um the little redheaded girl. The one that was, like, running with Addie, like, that whole time. She definitely went out, like, on a, on a big note for herself because, like, she did end up tying up one of the old dudes and, like, shooting him with his own crossbow. And I was like, that was a boss babe move. But then, obviously, they were tortured. And I, I did think it was nice that Addie gave her a quick death, but it was very unnecessary. And I was like, damn, that's bad when, like, that is, like, a happy ending. Oh, that shit hurted. That was really sad. It was also just terrifying that they're like, yep, now you're going to be hunted with crossbows. Try not to die. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you guys too. get McDonald's if you win. And uh, fucking Sydney was like, yes. <laughs> like, I fucking love McDonald's. Okay. Oh, my I'm God. <laughs> really looking to see what that, like, event was called. But um, another thing that was, like, freaking terrible, <laughs> which we kind of talked about that already. Um, whenever he, like, tied her to a tree... And, like, was whipping her with a branch, and she was, like, honestly shook. And he was, like... I was shook. She was shook. He's, like, how dare you try to play these mind games with me? I'm, like, I'm sorry. My girl's going through a lot, though. Like, I she shouldn't have done yeah. it. She shouldn't have been like that. But also, you can't just tie people to trees and, like, beat them with sticks. <laughs> you can't just do that. You can't do that. I don't think we should have to explain that to you. Yeah, I didn't think I'd ever have to utter that sentence in my life, but here we are. Um, Also, Addie's dad was just a horrible, horrible, horrible character. Like, how are you going to just not be there the entire first book? Like, you're just a a figment at this point. And then, like, the one time you are introduced, you're going to be like, your mom was shot because of you. It's all your fault. Like, I wish it had been you. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, okay, and I know, I know what happened was just traumatic, but you can't just say that you wish it had been your daughter that got shot. You can't just say that. He's like, well, if you had it moved to deflect the bullet or for the gun that was pointed at your head, your mom would have never gotten shot. It's like, yeah, Addie would have. You should have just sat there and ate your food. Fuck, dude. Like, what a terrible father. And then he has the audacity to be like, yeah, and you can't see your mom. The culling. That's the what culling, it's called. Yeah. I knew it was something creepy. Okay, sorry. Something horrifying. It really is the culling. Yeah, it's like basically they're picking them off to see, like, who's the strongest. Mm-hmm. And then H.G. Uh, Carlton just always has to throw one of these scenes in, I guess. Yeah. But... The whole scene, like, with the knife, like, it just hit a little too close to home. First of all, with the gun scene from the first book. Yeah. But also, with the stiletto scene that we unfortunately just had mm. to live through. And it's like, I don't know why he would have thought that's okay. Like, because I'm sure Addie, like, probably told him about what happened while she was at the house. Yeah, I would think she at least kind of... Yeah, and he's like, this is, this is going to help you work through your trauma. Yeah, Zayda's kind of sure. stupid. <laughs> Ugh, yeah it just it really sat with me wrong 
I mean, there were a lot of things in this book that were like really, really hard to get over. (laughs) This book was just not good. It was not. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I wouldn't choose to read it again for like pleasure. Um, (laughs) Personally, I'm glad I finished the series, but like, that's all I needed. Like, I follow H.G. Carlton on TikTok and on Instagram. And, like, it is just really crazy to me, um, like, the amount of women who are, like, I wish I had that in my life. Like, are you so sure? It clearly has to be, like, a real thing or, like, this book wouldn't exist. Like, obviously, there's an audience. Um, I guess. I even, like, was... The first book is also not my favorite, but like I was invested. I was like, this is cool. And what I liked about it was that it was like spooky and like, yeah, it's creepy and like a ghosty way. But then, like, the second book was like truly the second book is no ghosts. Yeah, no ghosts, just violence, just rapists, scary, very, very scary. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's not spooky, it's terrifying. It's horrific and so I liked it a lot less (laughs) yeah so like I said probably wouldn't recommend this to friends and family I did recommend it to one friend and she is not talking to me now so (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're exaggerating I am (laughs) okay thank god (laughs) yeah I'm just kidding she did not like it though she actually told me to lose her number and uh blocked me on everything she's like why would you suggest this book to me I'm like I don't know I get it (laughs) I don't Um, know why but like again we had a lot of complaints about things we didn't like but we'll kind of move on to just ask some questions about the book and kind of dive a little deeper into like the motivations of the characters and kind of breaking some things apart. So this first question, I actually wrote this down in my notes too, um, because as I was reading this at one point in time, Zade was like blaming it on Max and like, he was like, well, if Max hadn't like, if he had just talked to me about like his dad being kidnapped, like a freaking man, it's like, first of all, he's never going to just call your cell phone and be like, right. Hey man, did you kidnap my dad? Second and, of all, like you kidnapped his dad. <laughs> right. It, well, it's like, he didn't kill his dad though. Like he thought he did, but basically Zade was kind of like trying to place blame on Max. He's like, well, if you hadn't done this, like Addie would have never been kidnapped, but it's like, well, if you hadn't killed Arch to begin with, none of this probably would have happened. And so my first question is like, do you feel like this actually, you know, was Zayd's fault? Like, do you think he kind of kickstarted like this chain of events or do you think it would have happened regardless? First of all, I do think it probably would have happened regardless, but I do think he was the catalyst. And the reason why I think it would happen regardless is because the society had like marked Addie outside of Zayd's involvement. And when Zayd was like ran into what's his face, Mark, in the first mm-hmm. book, he was going to target Addie anyway. Um, but Zade, in his freaking haste to try to control the situation and like have total control over Addie's like quote unquote safety, it backfired and he ended up just basically handing her over to these people by yeah. like, creating more problems and creating more targets on her back. So I agree that, like, there probably would have been an attempt to kidnap her anyway. I do think he, like, kind of expedited that process, though, because if he hadn't kidnapped or if he hadn't killed Arch and Arch's whole family, Mm -hmm. like, Max would never have gotten involved. Yeah, Max wouldn't have even remembered, like, Addie. Yeah. But also, it's like, at one point in time, like, Zayd was going to kill Max, too, but then he's like, nah, he's harmless. And so it's like... Either way you cut it, like, because they killed Arch, like, that started this chain reaction. And because he also didn't kill Max, that created, like, a whole new set of chain reactions. And so I feel like the root problem is Zayd. Oh, 100%. And obviously, like I already said, I think their relationship is toxic. And so clearly, I I don't think that them being together is, like, good for her. Well, and, like, Addie even says that at one point in time. Like, whenever she's, like, kind of saying, like, she actually never loved him, she's like, well, none of this would have happened if you hadn't just, like, stuck your shit in my business. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. That is correct. Like, don't fucking say that. I stalked you because I love you. 
Yeah. No, like she knows. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's his fault. And she's like, baby, I didn't mean any of that. Yeah, you did. And you should. You yeah. Should and you're only that. backtracking because you're scared. You're scared. <laughs> so the next question. So <laughs> Claire, looking Claire. at Claire's fucking whackers bonkers plan do you think something like that is like possible in real life like do you think there's technology that could somehow enslave minds so since i wrote this question i've actually thought about it a little bit so no i mean i'm sure maybe someday there's technology for it but i do feel like probably people who run stuff like this on such a large scale like the society did like probably do have plans in place to like infiltrate different government systems. And I'm sure they already have like what's happened in this book. Like this shit went all the way up to like the fucking president. All the way to the top. (laughs) It went all the way to the top, just like we're all worried about. And I do feel like in terms of like a, like a global like takeover type thing, like, yeah, probably it could happen. I just don't feel like the technology side of it, maybe that seems a little intense. I don't yeah. know. No, I don't 100%. think it could. Like, I I totally could see this technology existing at some point because obviously technology has been advancing at like an exponential rate for <laughs> yeah. the past, I don't know how many years, but a good amount of time <laughs> at this point. And so it's like, yeah, I think like that could be a threat eventually. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything right now that people need to be like concerned about. <laughs> But I do think in terms of like, you know, sex trafficking on like a global scale like that. Yeah, that's probably already happened. It's probably actively happening. Like that's a thing already. Yeah. And it's like if that if those networks exist where people are already being like victimized on that scale, like something like that, when the technology does exist, could very easily be like inflicted upon people just Mm -hmm. because like there's already these fucking huge networks of basically enslaving people which is horrifying and um a lot of people I think don't believe that it exists like they don't think that it's a real thing just because like it's like ignorance is bliss type thing like they don't want to believe it's real which is why there's such a big problem yeah and it's like okay if we all just pretend that it's not a problem like it's still gonna be there it's not just gonna go away in fact it's gonna thrive if you're yeah it's gonna get worse (laughs) but I did also just want to say that Claire's fucking mastermind plan was was bananas um it was plankton from the Spongebob Squarepants movie yes yeah with the chum hats yes I just wanted to put that no you're absolutely correct <laughs> yeah no she's probably like everyone gets a propeller hat but it actually controls <laughs> your mind a tinfoil hat yeah for sure for your fucking tinfoil plan so this question do you think you would have handled being kidnapped and tortured as well as Addie did I asked this because this is something that could literally happen to any woman and child at any given time um so okay my answer is multifaceted okay because If someone is trying to nab me, like if I'm conscious and someone is actively trying to take me, I am going to cause a fucking scene. Oh, same. Because that's what they don't want. And a lot of times people will abandon potential victims if they do cause a scene just to avoid drawing attention to themselves. So this is like contingent upon the fact that like, Hopefully it's in public. Let's assume we're in public for one. Let's assume that I didn't just get my car rammed into like Addie did. She was in yeah. no state um, on like a private road where there's no one else around. And let's also assume that they didn't somehow like fucking stick me with a syringe and drug yeah. me. Let's assume I'm conscious. I'm going <laughs> to fight tooth and fucking nail. Yeah. However, I do worry that if they are successful and getting me to a second location, I do not think that that um, spunk, <laughs> I don't okay. think that that fight would stay alive in me super well. I think I would immediately feel pretty, pretty fucking yeah. defeated. I feel like, too, if it's, like, a very secluded second location, like, what Addie's in, like, no, I, I know for a fact I'm donezo at that point in time. Like, yeah, I'm making I- my... 
at that point in time, I'll, I'll do what it, <laughs> I'll do what I think is going to help me survive by like, you know, I would probably very much try to be someone who goes with the rules that are set in the hopes that I could somehow get out of it. But I don't think it would work out. I think but I'm... also if someone puts my ass in something like the culling, no, no shot oh, I'm making it out of that. The culling, I would try my best, I guess, to like, to hide, like to run and hide, but I don't think I would be successful. Because like, for <laughs> one, I'm slow. Two, I'm, I'm not stealthy. And you have to be so stealthy, like they have to cover their tracks and shit and avoid like those traps that are hidden. So, like, yeah, I think I would be done for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like, like you said, if it were in, like, an open environment, like, yeah, I would, I might be able to make enough noise to, like, notify someone. But here's the thing is that, like, most people choose to, like, ignore that. Like, if someone's, like, making a scene in public, I feel like that's most true. people would just be like, oh, that's awkward. Like, yeah. they're so getting into, like, a dispute. Whole... Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And so you just have to hope that it's enough to, like, spook the person who's, like, trying to harm you. But if it weren't in a public space, like, say I was getting into my car in, like, a parking garage or I'm walking to my car, like, late at night, like, I don't know if I'm strong enough to, Mm -hmm. like, fend off. Like, especially if it's, like, a a grown man. Like, I'm five foot one. And, and like, out of shape. Have, like, like, yeah, like, I am not strong enough to go up against, like, a full-grown man. Yeah, I would definitely try. You can bet your ass. Yeah, I would try. That I would try. <laughs> I like my life enough that I would give it all I got. I have a healthy sense of self-preservation. <laughs> but I do, ha- I have a feeling that I would just be overpowered really easily. And that's honestly like, <laughs> it sucks that you even have to consider that as a woman. But yeah. if I'm being quite frank, I think like, if someone targets me, that's just. I can happen. only pray that it's in a like, yeah, public I mean, area. So for me, like, that honestly, because I've thought about this and like, I'm sure most young women have thought about this. For me, like, I realized that to a point where I've considered, like, I will go out of my way to avoid situations mm-hmm. that make me vulnerable. I will not leave my house in the <clears throat> evening. Yeah. And if I if I do have to, like, I, I'll usually have some kind of, like, potential, like, I have a taser or I'll, like, call someone on the phone. You know, like, I'll do something to, like... I'll share my location with somebody. vulnerable. Yeah, but it's, like, you never know. Like, some people are freaking crazy. They might... Like, I won't you. take, like, Ubers in the, at night. Like, I definitely won't do oh, it by myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did... The only time I've ever taken an Uber by myself was at, like, 2 in the afternoon. So I felt a little... Oh, no. Even but, then, like, I get sketched out. I mean, I always check my Uber's rating and stuff. But it's like, I don't know, maybe today's the day. If I can snap, they're like, I'm going to kidnap someone. <laughs> they're like, I've been building up this rating for months now so that I can <laughs> oh finally kidnap a woman. Stop. New fear unlocked. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's all part of the master plan. You just never know. You never know. You never know. And so I'm just like, I try my I'm to avoid. Like, and it's to the point where Cole thinks I'm crazy. And I'm, I'm like, no. Know. You don't understand, like, you always think, like, that couldn't happen to me. Because It happens to women all the time. Yes, and it's like, it can't happen to you because it happened to them. Like, and they didn't think it could happen to them either. Like, that's just it. some random person. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Ugh. No, it's to the point where, like, I would like to start taking, like, self-defense classes. Yeah, I think, honestly, that's a really good, I mean like at least just a good skill set to have to where you could at least attempt to defend yourself but again it's just it's such a scary thought because if you're just physically overpowered I don't know it's so scary it's terrifying but I do know there are self-defense tactics that are specifically designed to help if you're like physically like smaller or yeah which I need everyone I I can get (laughs) yes (laughs) I am at a huge disadvantage (laughs) Okay, last question. This is one that you wrote. It's kind of a rambled one, so that was okay. Take your way so, through that. Why do you think Addie felt safe with Zayd when he forced her to have sex with him, even when she didn't want it, but didn't feel the same when Xavier did it? 
Hmm. That's actually like, no, that's a really good point. I know. It's like, I don't know if that's like very like rude of me to like say, because obviously it's two different. Well, is it two different situations? I don't know. I don't know. Well, and the, I guess, yes, because, and I only say this because I'm not condoning Zayd's behavior in the first book, but whenever he was doing those things, she was actively choosing to stay in her home. Like she kind of like low key liked the thrill. Whereas with Xavier, it's like she was taken against her will right. and forced in that situation, but she didn't consent ever. So I guess what I'm asking is what's the difference? Yeah. And I don't know. And I feel like that must be some kind of like psychological thing, but like, like legally she speaking, fundamentally- I don't think there is one. Like, she fundamentally felt safer with Zayd, and, like, that's why she, like, kept allowing it to happen. I don't know. Like, like in my eyes, either way, she was sexually assaulted. Yeah, because she never consented to any sexual activities with Zayd, at least explicitly. Not until, like, halfway through the book. Yeah. And even still, like, like, whenever they were in the house up thanks to her. Oh, I know. I know. Well, he literally broke into her house and like tied her up and went down on her and she literally told him to stop and he kept yeah. going like oh, so he God. literally he did he did rape her and sexually assault her in the first book yeah but like that was, is sexual assault I don't know I don't know the answer to your question and I don't and think it's like I know with like Xavier obviously she like feared for her life because yeah. if she defy well she probably felt the same way with Zayn though like she probably felt like if she defied him like he was gonna kill her and so like I don't know it doesn't seem right there's definitely some sort of like psychoanalysis that could be done on this story but I am not capable of doing that so I don't know but I agree with you like it's it's fucked. I don't know. Like, I was just, like, when I was reading those scenes with, like, Xavier, I was just, like, this doesn't seem literally any different. Because yeah. he's even saying, like, I'm doing to you what he did to you. Like, I want, I'm basically, like, trying to replace it. And she's, like, well, it's, like, you can never replace him. I was, like, I mean, like, I guess, but. And I know, like, Addy did eventually, like, start to develop feelings for Zade, But still, like, they, they never even, like, defined what they were doing. Like, there was no, like, conversation at any point about no ba- like, well he wouldn't allow her to like set boundaries like yeah and Zayd even in this book is like oh, I've always been one to push your boundaries I don't know man I don't have an answer to your question I've been thinking about it a lot I don't know why she would feel safe in mm-hmm. either situation but that's just me I guess I don't know if you uh, guys have if you have an <laughs> opinion about that question Email us at the sisterswarden at gmail.com. Tell us why you think she felt safe with Zayn. Or literally any of these questions. If you have a better take on it than we do, I would love to hear it. <laughs> or anything completely unrelated. Yeah, or if you're just like bored. Um, so that wraps up Hunting Adeline, the second book in the Cat and Mouse duet. I have never been more <laughs> glad to be finished with the series. H.G. Yeah. Carlton, love you so much, girl. Um, very scary. So next week, we are wrapping up Spoopy Season um, with a mini-sode, and we are going to be covering Goosebumps by yeah. R.L. Stein. And um, so we're picking our favorite stories from the Goosebumps novels and talking about them. Super and stoked. I'm so excited. That'll be coming out on Halloween. Yes. So everyone get ready to celebrate with us. And then beyond that, we are going to start our, our next book series. So it's the Maid series by Danielle Laurie. And the first book is called The Maddest Obsession. Sweetest oh, Oblivion. Just kidding. The first book is called The Sweetest Oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm not editing that in. All right. Anyway, so start the sweetest oblivion. oblivion. <laughs> We've read oh. all of these. <laughs> yes, I have. I have. Um, start the sweetest oblivion and join us for that full length episode. So see you next week. And as always, let's get lit. <laughs> <laughs>